Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello, everyone. How's it going? So happy to be here with you for this beautiful moment in time on this momentous anniversary. Wow, what a day. We're very excited. It really is quite a day. Today, in case you missed it, marks the 20th anniversary of Buffy the Vampire Slayer airing here in the United States. Uh, It was 20 years ago today, Friday, March 10th, 1997. When we first got to gaze our eyes upon Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And because of that, we wanted to give you a special tiny little episode where we talk a little bit about how we came to the show, what the show means to us, and then we wanted to share with you a special song for today. Hell yeah. Hell mouth yeah. Wow, we did it. We we did it. We played the theme song of our podcast. Effortlessly. You made a joke about Hellmouth Yeah, and now here we are in the core <laughs> On of, the the, other of side this of it. little episode. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about how when you said it was 20 years ago to the day <laughs> that it sounded like the beginning of a spooky story, but it's actually the beginning of a um, a much more varied and lush story than that. It is spooky at times. Wow, do you have your poet hat on today? I do. <laughs> I always wear my poet hat. You know this. That's true. We live together. That's true. It's always, never on the hat hook. Always with that baseball cap on that just says poet across uh-huh. the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what does Buffy mean to us? Wow. Well, you you first came to Buffy the Vampire Slayer between the two of us. Not th- not first in the universe, although who knows? You could have been up there at the front of the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you you were there first, and you yeah. brought me in. So tell us about how you got there. Well, I can remember going to the video rental store in my town. It was not a blockbuster or a Hollywood video. It was like, ooh, mine was Carner Video. Ooh, I can't remember the name of mine, and I'm so bummed. I should have called my mom before we started taping. Um. <laughs> But I walked around the uh, aisles and saw this movie called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And, mm. you know, I don't know. What was I, like, eight or ten or something? And I was like, <laughs> When did it? Did it come out in 1990? 92. 92. Oh, so I guess I was, yeah, like 11. Yeah, you were 11. Or by the time I got to video, maybe I was 12. Okay. <laughs> this is not the point. The point is that I saw this video. The name just, like, tickled me to death. And I was like, we have to rent this. And we took it home and watched it. And I was like, what a fun romp. That was a delightful (laughs) tale of vampires and cheerleaders and mm, so many delicious stereotypes and then so many delicious subvertings of those stereotypes. Great, 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 great. Okay, then years went by. (laughs) And then the show came out and I watched the first episode when it aired. And You watched season one, episode one on March 10th, 1997. Yeah. 
So like 20 years ago to the day. That makes me feel really cool being in the room with you. I thank you. I mean, I might have watched it myself. I don't rem- I don't have a memory of watching it, but you know, there were like three channels for us when <laughs> Right. There was so little TV to choose from. You know, was, the odds are pretty good that right, you watched it. Right. What else would I have been doing? <laughs> maybe I was talking on the phone. Maybe, but... <laughs> maybe curling your phone cord around your wrist. Was that was that a gateway to Joss Whedon for you? Was Buffy your Joss Whedon doorway? Yeah, I mean I think it's I feel like it's like the the most worthwhile. Wow. Do- wow. Wow. What a statement. I mean, I don't think it's that much of a statement. I think it's like the most sensical. Like I think it's his masterpiece. Right, uh, right. I think Angel is great. I think Firefly is great. I just think you're going to get a lot of feedback is I all mean, I'm saying. People can talk. That's fine. <laughs> but my opinion is that it is the uh, best thing that he's done. Ugh. Well, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but I'm making a podcast about the show. Of course, I think it's the best thing he's done. God, I would be doing a podcast about something else that he made if I thought that was the best thing. This is my favorite thing. Well, you, you were my gateway to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's the- not usually how that sentence ends. You, <laughs> you were my gateway to the television series, not the movie. I had a very, very sordid love affair with the movie when the movie was out sorted you said it's sorted i don't know why i said it i just want to make it sound <laughs> intense um but yeah I, I loved the movie i you know knowing nothing else i i didn't you know i didn't really know the where the character had come from i didn't know about joss whedon all i knew that was like luke perry was in a movie because luke perry was was a hot shot like, oh yeah yeah big time deal Big time deal mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. 1992. Oh, oh that yeah. was like peak, Woo! fucking peak Luke Perry. Hell yeah. So I so I watched the movie and then the show came out. And of course, I knew the characters. You know, I, I knew who Willow was in the 90s. I knew who Xander was in the 90s. Of course, I knew Buffy and Cordelia. But I didn't follow the show. I didn't follow the, the storyline. And then we got together. And you were like, here's the thing. You have to watch this show. And I was like, oh, God, I don't watch shows like this. Who uh-huh. was I? Who was I back in 2009? You didn't know. You didn't know. How could you know? I didn't know. Like we said. Because there our... is no show like this. That's no. the thing. There was no precedent by which you could measure this show right. without seeing it. True. And and like we said in our very first episode, there are two kinds of people, right? There's there are the people who <laughs> love Buffy and there are the people who will not allow themselves to love Buffy. And I was I was in camp two mm-hmm. back in two thousand and nine. Yeah, you and were. then and then we and then we started our watch and I was still in camp two, did not like season one, didn't get through it. And then Jenny Jenny pulled a covert move, said, All right, let's start with season two and then forget it. And then my life was forever changed. Literally. Now like, here we are. More changed than I could have even known at the time. But but mm. what I want to talk about before we get to the song version of what this show means to us and has meant to us, I wanna just talk for a moment about what the show means to us, what what it meant to you then and what it means to you now. Well, I think seeing the whole show was very powerful. I mean, I don't know. It's interesting because I feel like I'm in the minority in feeling like the actual overt queerness that's on the show, like, didn't have the biggest impact on me. Like, I'm, I'm really glad it's there. But the show felt so queer before there was any actual queerness on it. Like, there's so much focus... Very similar to sort of the the X Men otherness vibe. Um, I I think that I mean you know queer when you're saying queer it means like that word means a lot of things and I think that there is a queering that happens with the character of Buffy like that there the character of Buffy kind of queers the 
stereotype of the female character, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I I know that we typically hear the word queer and use the word queer commonly to mean, you know, uh, relating to sexuality, relating to gender identity, relating to these things uh, about how we interact with the world. But I, I actually love the word queer because I think it talks about how we take something that the world expects and we flip it on its head, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that it's like more of a verb. And so I think, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense that this show is queer in a lot of ways that are not just the overt, you know, queerness that we may see going right. down the line. But yeah, and that's not, th- that is not why the show impacted me. I, it wasn't, I mean, that was a piece of it, of course, but it was, it was really this um, idea of getting kicked, falling down and standing back up again, getting kicked, falling down and standing back up again. Hell yeah. That spoke to me and that speaks to me. I think that as a woman, we don't get to see, I mean, more and more we do, we're seeing more strong characters, more nuanced characters, more complex characters. But in the 90s, that that was a, you know, that was a really developing thing. And as a teenager, especially you know, wanting to kick a lot of ass and ha- and being full of energy and creativity. And especially, you know, for both of us, I, I did theater, you were doing music. We were both creative teenagers with a lot to say and a lot mm-hmm. to like express. And and I think a lot of, you know, I think a lot of teenagers are in similar spots where there, there's so much happening then. So to look at the television set for you as a teenager and to see this character doing those things and not just Buffy, right? I mean, you know, you, you, you all listen to this podcast, I think. So you know yeah. that we talk we talk about the other characters a ton. That yeah. there's so many complex characters that let you see so many ways of being a person, so many ways of being a woman, so mm-hmm. many ways of being a fighter that I think is so powerful. And now the show has, you know, this whole added dimension of meaning for us because we're coming together with you guys every week to discuss it in detail and then to craft, you know, a piece of art based on it. Ugh. And and you know, we get to read your emails and see your tweets. It's so incredible. You and I talked about this a little bit a couple of days ago where you know, I was talking about when you create something artistically that is so powerful that it that it not only lasts forever in the minds and the hearts of of millions, but that it inspires other people to create art on top of that art or art from within that art. Mm-hmm. There's something so powerful about that. That's why I, I sighed heavily as you were saying, and we're, <laughs> we're creating songs about this because it's not to like pat ourselves on the back. Like, Oh, we make such great songs. It's just, it, it means so much to me. I can't explain every time I think about the fact that we are going to get through season seven and have seven volumes of music inspired by this brilliant groundbreaking, life-changing series. I get the chills. I really do. I think it's just, I I couldn't imagine, you know, creating something and knowing that people, and because we're not, you know, we're one of of thousands of people that continue to create art based on the series, whether it's Mm -hmm. visual art or music or written pieces or, Mm -hmm. you know, there's just so much um, that, that comes out of that. And that's just so powerful. It's really amazing. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, 
During Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. It's like it's like when one slayer dies, another slayer is born. Oh my god! It is though, you know. Like we know this mythology that you know that that there there will be a slayer forever. Um, and and I feel that way about this in in a meta way, you know, that like mm-hmm. the series is over, but there are like billions of fucking slayers that have been created by this series, and that slay in all these different ways, and that it's just it's so cool. And the series, you know, if if you've been listening to the podcast, that rehashing recapping the series right now in 2017 is has extra weight to it because we find ourselves in a country and in a world where we're fighting a big bad very very um overtly you know where mm. we're seeing horrible things happen in our country and in our world and we are fighting actively against that and we're feeling what it feels like to sometimes fight and not win and fall really hard and so to be able to to rewatch this series with all of you as we go through that like come on it's the cool this is the coolest shit ever this is my favorite thing i think this is my favorite thing i've ever done it's like the biggest slumber party <laughs> i've ever had no it's like the second biggest slumber party i've ever what was, had wait, what was, no i'm just create building a mythology right, right, about okay, my okay, previous okay. slumber parties yes you've had a slumber party that lasted more than four years yeah yeah with more than you know more than however many twenty thousand. yeah <laughs> um yeah it's it's just so special and and not to put too fine a point on it but we're both so incredibly moved to be able to be doing this together with all of you and to be hearing from all of you. My favorite thing in the world is sitting down in our email inbox and reading the emails that you send and the love that you send us and the facts that you send us and the, you know, just like just cool shit. All that is great. I feel like we just made so many new friends. Seriously. I'll be hey. of Buffy. Thanks for being with us. Yes. Thank you all. And thank you, of course, to Joss Whedon. And to the entire cast and crew and all of the writers, everyone who worked on this series, thank you for giving us something that holds us up still 20 years later. And I am 1000% positive that in 50 years, this series will still be holding us up. And that is incredible. So thank mm-hmm. you all. Happy anniversary to all of you. And with that, we have a song. Crushing just how heavy things can get Thousand albatrosses around my neck Feeling like I'm the only, only one who's down on the floor But I don't have to be lonely, lonely Need the weight of the world Cause I see
about what I should be. It's weird that no one thought of asking me. Got me feeling like I'm the only, only one who's different inside. How could anyone know me, know me? They don't get what it's like, but I see. song that you just heard is available for free for everyone forever and you can get it by going to bufferingthevampireslayer.com it's the first post you'll see you can click on it you can listen to it you can download it you can put it on your device you can listen to it forever we hope it brings you joy and hey if you know anyone from buffy the vampire slayer maybe they wrote on the show maybe they acted on the show maybe they just love the show as much as you do Will you do us a favor and tweet at them or write on their Facebook wall or share in any way you know how to let them know that this exists? We would like for them to know that we love them, we care about them, and we made this for them. But we also made it for all of you. And we want to let you know that we are gathering at 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern time today on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash bufferingcast to watch Season one, episode one, welcome to the Hellmouth to celebrate the anniversary. We also are sure that some fun things are going to happen today that have not happened yet at this hour. <laughs> um, and so, you know, you can always follow us on Twitter or Facebook at BufferingCast to get our opinions and takes on anything that we may see. We have heard rumors and seen things that we're going to at least get some kind of a photo shoot. So we'll be all over that. Mm-hmm. But please do join us later on uh, March 10th, Friday. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, facebook.com slash bufferingcast. We will watch the episode together with you. Absolutely. Till next time. Uh, Happy birthday. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.